What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the podcast. Bruce here from the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. This episode today is with Scott Sandler from Pizza Head. Great episode, really long episode. Scott and I went into a lot of things. We went into vegan. I think that's a good trend. I think that's a hot trend that's going to be happening over the next couple of years. He's been doing a vegan pizza at his pizzeria for quite a while now, so he has a ton of experience with that. We talk about how he moved from a being open seven days a week to only being open from three to seven thirty every day now, which is a is weird to say, but he's making it work. We talk about how maybe being open less gives you the opportunity to, yeah, you make a little bit less money, but you have more freedom. You have more time to spend off of it. And you also have more time to fix things in the business as needed. And you also need a lot less staff, which is obviously an issue right now whole bunch of other things we talk about with Scott. He's doing some seminars at the expo. We talk about that. We talk about what's happening in the future. A lot of great nuggets in this episode. It's a long one, so you may want to listen to this in a two-parter, but it's a great podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you need some help from us, you can check out our mastermind group. You can check that out at smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash mastermind group or message me if you need some information or you want to talk about it. Glad to hop on the call with you and kind of give you the insides of what happens in the mastermind group. But we meet every couple of weeks. We do a Zoom call. You can ask us any question about marketing. We also have our 30-day Instagram challenge in there. We have our TikTok challenge that we're doing. In the future, we're going to be doing an email marketing challenge. Plus, you get access to all of our seminars and all of our summits that we do. The 2020 summit and the 2021, all of those sessions are available for our mastermind group members. All right. Thank you to a couple of the show sponsors for this podcast for making it possible. And then we're going to get right into the content with Scott because this is a long one, but you're going to enjoy it. I promise you that. See you on the other side. All right, let's talk about Baccio cheese for a second. This cheese I love. They sent me some samples. I checked them out, cooked them with my uni oven, reheated them later. The cheese is, has an amazing flavor. It's got really good melt when you cook it in the oven. When you reheat it, it has a really good flavor profile when you reheat that. And listen, I know what you're saying. Bruce, they're paying you to say that. In all transparency, they are paying me to say that. But the reason they're paying me to say that is because I tried the product and I really enjoy it. The other cool thing about Baccio is they have a rewards program where you can earn cash back for every pound of cheese you use. The cash back is mailed back to you in the form of a Visa card in which you can use however you want. You want to put that money back into your business? Fantastic. You want to give your staff uh, a staff meal from a different restaurant? Great, you can use it for that. You want to take your family out? You can do that as well. The more you buy, the more you earn. And you're going to be selling a lot more pizza because your pizza is going to taste amazing using Baccio cheese. All right, so enough from me. If you are interested in checking out Baccio cheese, you can go to smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash Baccio, or you can go simply to their own website, Baccio cheese, B-A-C-I-O cheese.com forward slash S-P-M. And if you really want to check out the product, Head over to my Instagram or Baccio Cheese Instagram because they post a lot of photos, and so do I, using the Baccio Cheese product. Don't wait. Head over there today and get signed up. And let them know you heard about them on the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. Hunger Rush is a fully integrated restaurant management system that lets the restaurant 
own the relationship with the customer. It creates guest experience to drive repeat business, makes customer data accessible to analyze and put into action, and it creates operational efficiencies to increase profit margins. All in one easy to use and highly configurable system. Check out how Hunger Rush can benefit your pizzeria by visiting smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash Hunger Rush. You're going to need a bigger oven, that's for sure. We have quite a few people who use Hunger Rush, whether they listen to the podcast or are in our mastermind groups, and all of them love it. The one thing I can say from my experience is the ability to follow up with your customers once they order from you online is unlike any other point of sale system. And that's the most important thing, the relationship management system that it has that helps you with email marketing, text message marketing, and the ability to do all of that inside your point of sale system is amazing. So again, go check out Hunger Rush, smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash Hunger Rush. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Scott Sandler from Pizza Head in St. Louis is joining me again on the podcast. Scott joined me way back on episode number 184, I believe it is. And we talked all about what he's doing, and that was quite a few years ago. So I decided to have him back on the podcast, have him catch up with us, what he's up to, how 2020 treated him, and what he has coming in the future, because there's always cool stuff happening. So, Scott, thank you so much for joining me in the podcast. Very much appreciated. Thanks again. Um, it's a pleasure to be here, and I uh, I really enjoy all your podcasts, and I listen to them as much as I can. So. Um, you know, it's an honor to be on here again. I appreciate that. I appreciate you listening to the podcast, being a guest. And I think we met at Pizza and Pasta Expo in person. And we were kind of staying at the same hotel where you crossed paths. I remember talking to you in the lobby there. But what has been happening with you? Give everybody a kind of a refresher as to where who you are and what you do. Okay. Well, my name's Scott Sandler. And I've owned uh, my place, Pizza Head, now for four years before that I had uh, a place called Pizzioli for years. It was a wood-fired uh, kind of Neapolitan-style pizzeria, which I sold in 2017, and then opened up uh, Pizza Head, which is a New York-style uh, slice kind of place. We do 20-inch pies and slices, so we only have one size. We're all vegetarian, uh, so we started all vegetarian in 2014, kind of before uh, the. Uh, huge uh wave and you know vegan pizza um we're doing i've been doing the vegan pizza demo at the pizza expo for years now and uh, um so it's actually kind of cool that the vegan pizza has taken off in a way uh it's not so much of a novelty anymore uh when i opened it you know in 2014 being vegetarian you know people are like oh you're not gonna have pepperoni like yeah. what and uh, you know, people were like shaking their heads. Um, I didn't come from, I came from a different career altogether. Uh, so people thought I was going to fail, but uh, they didn't really know, uh, you know, that I do my research and I had a lot of experience with financial analysis and I had experience making pizza at home, you know, for 10 years. Uh, but, you know, moving into a, uh, you know, commercial situation from home is, you know, obviously a whole different ballgame. So right. anyway, to make a long story short, um, so I've had Pizza Head for four years now, and we were, were open seven days a week from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. 
we had an indoor scene, which is, which was pretty cool about 28 seats. Um, so we were doing, you know, we had a little bar that was uh, actually in the place before I took it over, even though we only did beer, but so we had, you know, most all our orders were, you know, either in, you know, people would come in and order or, you know, they would call in and order. Um, we had no online ordering at all. Uh, and then, you know, that was working well. We were doing, we were doing pretty well. Uh, and then obviously last year, the pandemic hit, we closed for three weeks. In, I think we closed March 16th, 2020, opened back up April 2nd uh, with an online platform that we and me and uh, you know probably everyone else out there had to um, figure out really quickly, uh, you know how to how to navigate the new situation. Right. Obviously, Domino's and some of these other big companies had probably been you know way ahead of everyone on the online ordering thing, but uh, you know the mom and pop independent shops were just still relying on phone calls and you know people coming in you know, traditional ways of ordering. So uh, Square had a pretty good platform and I just spent a whole week, like literally like seven days, eight hours a day, uh, getting that online situation uh, set up for, so we could open as soon as we, we you know, we could and uh, just, you know, to go at the door. So we didn't even do, we cut out slices. And so, uh, you know, we were essentially a slice place. I mean, you know, we did a lot of whole pies, but like our DNA was the New York, you know, New York, New Jersey kind of slice place kind of I grew up with right. know, going to New York, living in New Jersey. You know, we added like a little bit of a uh, 70s punk rock flair to the to the vibe, uh, you know, but at the same time, it was a, uh, you know, kind of modeled after somewhat of a classic pizza shop uh that i grew up with um and if you i go took over, over a space so we if you go uh, over if you go over to your instagram account and it's uh pizza head stl you can totally get that vibe of what you just described as your business you know you get the you can see you do a great job because you can see your your food but you also get to sense what the business vibe is, which I think you do a great job at that. So if you're listening to this podcast, go check out Pizza Head STL on uh, Instagram to kind of get a sense of what Scott just described. Yeah, so we, you know, we quickly pivoted. I figured out the square thing, many, you know, many hour, you know, hours on the phone with them. And, um, you know, being, it's sort of something I always wanted to do, but we were just doing so well that it was just like i didn't even want to bother with trying to figure out how to do online ordering you know yeah. uh, so but so anyway i figured it out reopened no slices um because we were one of the first places that reopened really fast we weren't open inside it was just we had well eventually i had a door built with the window but before we would because it was march or april or whatever april so we would just have the door open like with a table in front of it so people would you know order online and they come up and pick up their pizza. And then we built a door with a window and we started slices back up in October of last year and they were really slow at first, um, but then they picked up and now we're back to kind of, the, you know, we're still, we still have the door in the window. We haven't 
let anybody in yet. Um, you know, we're just, we're only open. Our hours are limited now from three to seven 30. Uh, I mean, I could change at any time, but right now I, I'm still kind of waiting, waiting, uh, you know, in a holding pattern to figure out like, what's the next move and is there a next move really, uh, that I don't know yet. I'm kind of comfortable with the way things are going. I'm making less money. Um, but at the same time, I'm still doing all right. And I have more freedom because I have less employees and I have less hours I'm open. So, you know, we're open seven days a week still. That's kind of our signature thing here. And, and believe it or not, in St. Louis, there's not many places open seven days a week. Seven days a week is like, you know, in big cities, Boston, New York and places, LA and stuff, you got to be open seven days a week, you know, unless you're sort of like one of these niche places that, you know, the, the guy that's owning it is doing all the pizzas and, you know, only does 50 pizzas and is open four days a week or, you know, like that kind of model. Right. If you're like that, whatever, you don't have to be open seven days a week, you know, you're not really making that much money, but um, you may be able to monetize that later, you know, with the fame you get from limiting your supply, you know, and I, I respect that type of model too. Just that a regular pizza model, um, you know, you, you, in bigger cities so in st louis sort of like we're we're seven days a week and i've committed to the seven days a week so since i've committed to the seven yeah it'd be nice to have a day where i don't have to worry about the shop but how i compensate for that is just being open from three to seven thirty so if we need anything fixed or we need the place cleaned or anything that needs to be done i can do it before we open as opposed to opening at 11 o'clock and then you're under the gun you know as soon as i wake up i'm gonna be worrying like oh you know, did this come? Did this shipment come? Did my boys show up on time? You know, it's like rush, rush, rush. You got to get ready for game time. So now it's sort of like have all this time to like gear up, to get ready, to be open, and then just execute, you know, my my staff's out of there. Like we got probably the quickest closing there ever was, which is like <laughs> they really don't have to do much because there's no people inside. So they basically sweep, wipe everything down, the kitchen clean cleans up um they put everything in order and then they're out of there so i mean they're out of there in 15 20 minutes hey you've been um, so you've been open till 7 30 since you reopened in the beginning of the reopening process last year yes 7 30 wow. so like the week oh what i wanted to mention was since we were one of the first people that reopened okay there was nobody open so we would basically sell out I'm telling you, every day we would sell out like by three or four o'clock. Like before, right when we opened, we'd already have all the pizzas already sold. So that went on for a little while and then places started opening and there was more opportunity, you know, there was more choice. So what happened is slowly we were getting less and less orders earlier and the orders were getting later and later. And then eventually when we opened for slices, so many places had opened that you know, most of our orders come, we get maybe on the weekends, we'll get 10 orders before three o'clock, but most of the orders come after, you know, after three now. And then we're not selling out on the weekdays anymore, but we do sell out on the Fridays and Saturdays. And that's about 120 to 100. And well, with slice pies, it's probably like you try to do like 20 pies and 100 whole pies. Um, so we usually hit that mark Fridays and Saturdays, and that's about our capacity because what happens is the orders all get crunched in, you know, between like 4.35 and like 7, 
And so it's like a window. Um, so we can't really do any more pizzas during that time. And a lot of people don't order, you know, there's slow ordering between three and four, four and five is better. Five and six is busy. Six and seven is the busiest. And, and then seven to seven thirty is sort of trickling in a few pie orders and some slices. Um, we try to sell out of slices so we don't have any waste. And that's sort of our model right now. Um, and there's a ton of competition uh, that popped up over the last year in St. Louis. Uh, it's like everyone decided they wanted to do pizza. Huh. So, it, I mean, it's like ridiculous. You got like all these guys from doing ghost kitchens or doing it at home uh, uh, that are just selling over the internet. You have places that were, you know, American sort of, uh, what do they call it? American contemporary food that, that you know, good restaurants doing like more chef driven cuisine that decided they're going to do pizza. And yeah. So the competition has gotten pretty, pretty fierce here. Uh, and then, you know, the vegan pizza thing was our like specialty. It's still our specialty and it always was, but you know, more and more people are doing vegan pizza now. So it, I got competition in that area uh, as well. But you know we're 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 sort of you know we got a we got a uh, we're established now and we got a name and we got a great location, uh, so you know but you can't yeah as you as you know and what I've heard on your podcast obviously is you can't you can't rest on your laurels you always have to be on your toes ready to either make a decision or you know make sure you're you know staying one step ahead of the competition if if you if you can. And I think we do that by being open seven days a week. Cause no one, no other pizza place is open seven days a week. That yep. is my competition. Uh, we also do the slices, which there's only one other place really that is a slice shop. And that opened after I opened and he's in another area that is uh, actually need. He, he used to do the late night was his thing. Cause the area he's in is more of a late night area. Um, but, uh, so he does slices, but other than that, um, most of the places are like either artisan Detroit style pizza, artisan style. Uh, so not, not direct competitions, so, so to speak. Um, but well, you know, as far as 2020, uh, you know, we made it through our sales were steady. Uh, they're lower obviously than they were before. Let me, let me, uh, let me ask but, you. Let me yeah, ask you a question ahead, about no, it's okay. Let me ask you a question about the seven thirty closing thing. On because, and on. No, it's cool. I like it because it makes my job pretty easy. Oh, I wanted I wanted to mention that yeah, seven thirty, and you're you're probably like, what the hell, seven thirty? No, I know. I listen. You know? And, uh, <laughs> I think a lot of people are listening to this podcast in you know twenty twenty gave people an opportunity to maybe change some things in their business that they wanted to do but didn't think they could. And I think lessening the hours and making it easy to run, even if it's with less people or less stress because you don't have to worry, like you said, about being there all day, every day. Have you thought about opening longer? And if you have, what made you decide to still keep that 730 and not open longer? There's a dilemma because, well, St. Louis isn't a, as a whole, it's not a late night town. In other words, people... You go to Denver or even Atlanta. I was there once a couple of years ago and it was like one in the morning and we went to this pizza spot 
And there was like a line out the door. There was like 25 people in line at like 1.15 a.m. <laughs> so St. Louis just isn't that type of town. Okay. That's the first thing. So people tend to, it's more small towny in a way. Uh, people, people go out, but not, like Denver, you know, Wednesday night, midnight, you know, places will be packed with young people, have money to spend, want to go out. Uh, St. Louis just is sort of this, uh, just people just, you know, a lot of the, uh, how can I describe it? It's sort of, it's uh, the city where I am, um, you know, it's just, it's not a late night place. That's the first thing. The second thing is uh, the weekends we sell out anyway before 7.30. So I guess we could, you know, we only, way our dough is made now, like we used to have a different dough method. Now we have a new dough method. So our new dough method is uh, we make it in the morning. We make two batches of dough, which is like 90 pizzas. We start on Mondays. Well, let's just say that there's carryover. In other words, like we're slower on the weekdays. So we'll carry over the dough. We'll put it in the fridge, let it ferment. And then we'll use that dough first. So typically... And then by the time we run out of that dough, the dough that we made in the morning is already pretty ripe and ready to go. So there's the dough issue. So in other words, on the weekends, we'd have to make more dough to be open later. You know, and if I, you know, it would sort of mess up our dough schedule. Uh, and then and the weekdays is where we might want to be open a little later so we could sell some more pizzas. But that would be weird to be open later on the weekdays than the weekends. So it's sort of like I either have to go like uh, either keep it the way it is or just go like 12 to nine, like seven days a week. All right, we're open 12 to nine. But then lunch and then ch change our dough uh, making schedule to the way we did it before, uh, which was we would make the dough the day before and just, just let it sit overnight in the basement uh and ferment and proof and then we'd use it the next day and then we'd always have a couple batches of dough lying hanging around all the time you know before we would sell no matter how many people come in came in we would sell pizza to anyone right so we never like had we never sold out we were like traditional pizza like slight place like okay anyone that comes in no matter what time you come in you're going to get a pizza there's always going to be pizza so that's how we were before um, but, you know, we would do, you know, some good Friday and Saturday nights, you know, we would do like 4,500, which is crazy for like St. Louis and being a vegetarian pizza place. So we're not close to that now. What do you enjoy doing more? But, do you enjoy doing it more now the way it is? Or did you enjoy selling more and making more? Well, you know, I was fortunate for the last couple of years, we did really well, you know? And, and so, um, you know, I was able to save some money and not, because I'm very, uh, what's the word? Financially responsible. <laughs> well, I was a financial analyst before, <laughs> you know, like, so I understand uh, money yep. and how it works and how, you know, this is, this is just learning over the years of like, Hey, how to make sure you have, um, you know, more money coming in and then what's going out. 
So basically the farmer, you know, that stores up the grain and knows there's going to be a bad year at some point. Right. Okay. So it's sort of like, I'm kind of slightly paranoid as a person. So it's sort of like, it actually helps in business because I'm always waiting for that, like bad thing to happen, so to speak. And so I've been, so anyway, the point being is that now, like I'm making less money and things are going smooth. We're not really growing. I feel like I have to do something at some point, but right now we're doing fine. And I was able to save up a little bit of, you know, um, don't get me wrong. Like we're doing fine, but I would, I think I prefer this to, um, you know, what we were doing before because I had to manage more employees and we were open longer and there was just more worries and more headaches and more, you know, with people coming inside and, I mean, like, I know you've been in the business before, so, yeah, you know, human beings tend to, um, it's much, it's easier now. Forget, uh, you, I you know what you're saying, human beings tend to quickly forget what the hell happened to us in 2020 and go back to their normal ways of pre-2020, which is fine. I, I Well, they also like to do, you know, they typically like to do things, you know, the shortcut, easy way, yes. uh, you know, and sort of. Not that this is an easy way. It's just a way of doing business. And um, I, I'm kind of conflicted because I, on one hand, I like the lifestyle now better. Um, you know, you know, the, the money ha is, you know, uh, good enough. Let's say like if I had this, my profit was the same today or this year or 2020 that it, and, you know, going forward as I get older, that's perfectly fine for me. Um, you know, but I'm not the type of person, at least right now, that because uh, I'm a little bit older, you know, I'm more, I'm, I'll be 54 this, this month. And like, I, I don't necessarily, I've had so many opportunities to expand and uh, so many in, in, in all different kinds of ways. And I just have been, you know, hesitant to, you know, to, to do that, um, because I know it requires a lot more work and I, I get it. Some people are just like, I think I listened to one of your, I think it was Mike something. He's got like all these different locations and, you know, he wants to open more locations and, 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 you know, generally that's the trend is people want to grow and get bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, if I were 30, you know, if I were 35, even, and I had my first pizza shop and, you know, maybe I would want to expand and I, I might expand. I don't know. I'm, I'm just <laughs> weighing all the, like I said, I'm in a holding pattern right now. Yeah, so I anyway, think... Sorry. I went off on a tangent. No, it's the fine. The seven thirty thing was, you know, it just seemed like the maximum amount, like orders would drop off. Even when we were open till 10, we, it was worth being open till 10, but the majority of, the big bulk of your business was maybe till eight o'clock. Now, let me ask, let me, let me, then, I, the reason I asked you that question was because you're right. I think when people look at, and maybe this is the old way of thinking it's going to change moving forward. Maybe it should change moving forward. When I was operating every time you were, and even when I did this in the beginning of the podcast, I would always be like, Hey, you're going to open more locations. The goal or at least from the outside looking in, people always thought because you owned a pizza shop, your goal was to own it as many pizza shops as you possibly could it, versus are you happy doing what you're doing? And sometimes with growth comes 
stress and frustration. And sometimes the best thing that you can do for yourself is to just make your pizza shop the way you want to do it and make it as profitable and busy as you can within the constraints of what you want to do. That's kind of why I asked you about opening more time because sometimes, you know, being open from 3.30 to 7.30, even though you make a little bit less for your life moving forward is going to be better for you and you'll be happier. And sometimes owning a business is not necessarily about making as much money as you possibly can, but it's about the lifestyle that you want to live. Oh, exactly. And before I wouldn't be able to sleep well until we're closed. Right. So it's like on the weekends, 11 o'clock, and then I'll check in and I'll see people still hanging out there and they don't leave. And then finally my staff and everybody leaves by 1130 at night and I go to bed and then I can rest, you know, but then in the morning, all of a sudden it's like, you know, someone has to be there at nine o'clock. Uh, we're open at 11, you know, it's, sort of like it definitely was uh you know definitely was what i realized after the pandemic or you know during the pandemic was like and i think i'm not unusual i think a lot of people realize they're just like wait a second i don't have to i don't have to work as hard as i was working you know what i mean i don't have to um do this i don't have to do that i think a lot of people had a wake-up call and they're like hey i can get by with less yes you know and uh (laughs) it's like wait a second you know, uh, so again, I will, I'm probably not unusual in that regard as far as like a lot of people and, you know, you know, you know, with the working from home and then not people not going back to their jobs and you know, all the stuff that's been happening and being talked about uh, as far as what the pandemic did for people, uh, you know, and, and um, also uh, people are, the wages have you know, there's been pressure for wages to go. I mean, we always pay well. I, my, my philosophy is, uh, you'll love this. I, I, I overpay and underwork. So uh, if you think about Scott Sandler's pizza success at Pizza Head, just think overpay and underwork because then I don't get any turnover. And my, pe- my, my four pizza makers have been there for four years. Wow, they that's left. Yeah, they're all like skateboarders. And then <laughs> I had two girls that were working the also with me for three years they just moved on to different you know other careers out of the restaurant industry so i didn't have any turnover for like two and a half years and uh so i kind of spoil them um you know it it, 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 i guess if you have a huge operation i don't know if you're you know how that works if you have 30 employees or 50 employees it's a whole different ball game so uh you know but a small pizza shop you know, doing that overpaying and underworking, you just got to make sure that the staff doesn't get too comfortable and then they don't start, you know, a mutiny and, and decide, you know, making business decisions for you. You know, that's based on the fact that they want to go home early or, you know, all these different weird things that have nothing to do with the business success. So as long as you can keep that in check, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it sort of, it works for the turnover aspect because I, I just do not want turnover because, you know how it is. It's like a new person comes in. You don't know about them. Are they going to, you know, are they going to show you their, you know, their, their uh, I call it the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, you know, yeah. everyone, everyone shows you their, their, their Dr. Jekyll side, you know, they're, you know, when they're interviewing and even when they're probably first working and then, you know, does Mr. Hyde rule them all of a sudden, all of a sudden it's going to be like, Oh my God, wait, what did I, who did I hire? Or, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we all know that for so, sure. 
Yeah. So, you know, and obviously the toughest part of the business is managing employees. And so, you know, some people are, you know, uh, I, I just don't know if I want to make the jump to, um, you know, so right now I own and manage. So I am the manager, although I treat and pay my employees like managers and they're supposed to be like managers all of them. before at pizzioli i was there sort of one man shop show with a few servers and me making the pizzas and i was there all the time and uh you know i i enjoyed it while it was happening but then just decided it wasn't it wasn't for me um, and i I've, I've always uh, you know how i got into the pizza business was not necessarily i just i wanted to have my own business at some point and i just I, you know, pizza was like a passion and I'm thinking like, I'll just do it. I'll, I'll just execute my own business with pizza, you know? And uh, I always sort of wanted to be some kind of artist and make money doing some kind of, uh, you know, doing art, so to speak. I don't know what kind of art, but I thought being an artist would be cool. And, you know, I just had that mentality, that, that perspective. And so kind of pizza had just became sort of my project. And that's kind of why I probably haven't expanded because I'm just sort of more of, I call it an pizza heads and installation of a pizza shop. It's not actually a pizza shop. <laughs> now you do a vegetarian, <laughs> you do a vegetarian pizza too, which is, you know, in the last, I'd say last year, vegetarian pizza has become really, I don't want to say it's, I was equated to ve vegan pizza now is what gluten-free pizza was like 10 years ago. Yeah, the thing though with the difference, the difference being that yeah, vegan pizza, vegan itself, the vegan um, food, you know, food industry and food market has just blown up yeah. in the last two or three years. And you know, as soon as Burger King started having their Impossible Whopper, and you know, it just it's gone crazy, uh, and that's a good thing, by the way. But the thing is that definitely gluten free is sort of vegan. Veganism is not a trend. Um, it's something that it will, you won't see a reversal in and you, you'll see it just getting the market getting bigger and bigger with climate change and all these different factors and health issues. And there's just more and more and more people, uh, turning to this type of diet. Uh, yeah, it's still small in some regards, but it definitely has hit the mainstream. Now, gluten free, in my opinion, uh, was is was is a more of a trend in that a lot of people thought that was a health choice uh you know there are a lot of people that are allowed to be allergic to um there are people that are allergic to whatever wheat there's still like a mystery around gluten-free you know is it really the gluten what kind of gluten are you really you know intolerant or is it just do you feel better by not eating wheat because you know, is it a mental thing or is it, is it because you were way eating way too much wheat because wheat's in everything. So between gluten-free and vegan, um, I don't think the gluten-free market has really gone anywhere. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I don't see a huge, I never saw a huge demand. There was a vegan, a gluten-free restaurant that opened up here that failed. Um, and also we used to do a gluten-free pizza at pizzioli my old place and then i decided not to do it anymore and half the customers just ended up ordering the regular pizza well what i mean, that would come in and be like me, oh well let me rephrase like what i meant by the i meant by awareness right like 10 years ago you had gluten-free 
options because you would just take on any gluten-free option that you wanted. Then you became more aware of the gluten customer base or the gluten-free customer base, and you kind of added things on that were better. Same thing with vegan, right? Like, I think vegan is a different trend than gluten than the gluten-free trend was 10 years ago. But now people are more aware of that there are people out oh, there who want oh, vegan right. options. So I think you're incorporating that into your menu more than you did five years ago for regular restaurants. I know you've been always on it, but the the average pizzeria is like, all right, you know what? This, this, vegan, this vegan trend, people are always asking me about vegan options. I think I'm going to start incorporating that into my menu. Yeah, because the vegan, the, the, the customers drive the, you know, drive the trend. Right. And it got to the point where mainstream places just can't ignore the market because what happens is that, and I always, I always said this back in the day too, when I opened in 2014, you know, there's a vegetarian or vegan in every circle. Okay. So any circle of people, families, friends, there's always one at least. And typically, that one will drive where they go a lot of times when they're with groups so that vegan uh will be like because they're so you know other people will be like well we can eat anywhere you know because we can eat anything and then the vegan in the group or vegetarian group is like no i don't i'm not eating there we're gonna eat here right and then everybody's just like okay we'll eat there and so the vegans drive that one vegan is driving uh, you know, that group to go to, you know, the restaurant that is catering, you know, at least making an effort to cater to, you know, the, the, the vegan crowd. Um, it's funny because I go to Denver a lot and there's this like hot dog vendor that's right by this uh, confluence park. And I was talking to him once and I'm like, you got a vegan dog, you got a veggie dog. He's like, no, I'm like, look, I'm gonna give you some advice. Get a vegan dog. All you gotta do is buy it. Okay, a veggie dog, and your business is gonna increase twenty five percent. You know, and he's like looking at me like, you know, I'm crazy. And you know, a year later, I went by there and still no vegan dog. <laughs> I should. He's with some maybe his wife or something. I should tell her, you know, and because then maybe she'll she'll just. All you gotta do is just buy the vegan dogs and like add them to your you know whatever and i would buy a hot dog because sometimes i'm riding a bike by there and i'm like hungry and i'm like all right well i would get i get a vegan dog from this, this this vendor you know so think about how many customers like me ride by there and are like either don't want to eat the crappy hot dog that he's selling they may not be vegetarians or vegans but would have a vegan dog because they feel better about it and think how many customers he's losing right so you know uh you know burger king i don't know like when they had that impossible burger, I think like it was like their best, one of their best selling burgers, at least, or I don't know what the stats were on it, but it was really popular. I don't know if it's still popular now. Um, but cause there's so many other options and so many people are doing vegan burgers that it's like, Oh, do I want to go to Burger King for a vegan burger? And I can go to, you know, this local place and get one that they make themselves. Yeah. No, I are think you seeing that in Boston a lot. Yeah. No, I think of, like, I definitely see I definitely see more vegan options appearing on the menus in in marketing for sure. And you're right about the fact that there's always one person in your group who is a vegetarian or a vegan and they do drive they do drive where people go, not because they're persistent, but I think people want to please people. And if you have somebody in your party who's a vegan and they can only eat at a certain place, you're kind of like, "You know what? I feel bad for them. I want to make sure that they are 
uh, feel comfortable and they have something that they can choose from as well. So you're right. They do drive where people go. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, as far as, uh, just, uh, again, just sort of in a holding pattern, trying to figure out what the next move is. Uh, you know, I think I think a, a, a there is some vegan pizza places popping up um, that they popped up, and I think that one of my ideas was like a vegan pizza kind of chain, you know, uh, that could open up multiple locations and keep you know in different you know select cities and stuff. There's one a lot of one offs, yeah, of vegan pizza, but like there's a lot of these different types of vegan chains opening up that are actually pretty good. Um, like veggie grill and native foods has been around for a while, but they're, they're really good. And they're, they're in a bunch of cities. You know, they offer diverse menus, but I thought of the sort of a pizza head, a vegan pizza head, like we're vegetarian and we're going to stay vegetarian in St. Louis, even though I'm vegan, but I start, when I started this, I was vegetarian. So, half our pizzas sold are, are regular with regular cheese and then half are vegan. Okay. And I don't want to change that uh, dynamic. You don't want to alienate the the customers right now, because this is a market that a vegan pizza place might not survive. Um, Just being vegan alone, just pizza, you know, the vegan places that have different options, they can survive. Like my friends who have a, place across the street called Terra Tacos and Burritos. They're all vegan, but they have a pretty diverse menu. You could eat there every day for a week and eat something different. Different, Right. Um, so, you know, if you're a vegan pizza place, you're going to have to have here, you'll have to have a lot of side items too. And I just don't want to do the side items right now. Um, you know, like salads and, you know, all kinds. We have a tiny kitchen too, so we're a bit we're a bit limited. Uh, I mean, if I had a big kitchen, I would do some other things. But uh, yeah, Alex, who uh, there's a guy I had on the podcast not too long ago. Yeah, Alex, I, know, I know him. I yeah. listened to that one. Yeah, Hot Tongue Pizza. He's opening up a, a entire vegan pizzeria, but he's in Los Angeles, so it's probably a good market for that. Yeah, and he he's he's really done a. Apparently, I haven't been there, but it seems like he's done a great job with his place and. You know, they're doing all, you know, they're doing a crazy amount of food there, um, different types of food, different types of pizzas. Yeah, yeah, that, that uh, seems like, you know, he's, he's got, you know, I'm sure this vegan pizza place will do really well in L.A. Yes, for sure. That's the definite market for a vegan pizza. In Boston, I don't know if a vegan, all vegan pizzeria would make it. I mean, it depends on what your definition of make it is. Survive and grow with profitability. I think over time it could. I don't know if it would make it right now. I think Boston is not a perfect market to have just vegan pizza because I don't know if the clientele is big enough right now. Yeah, I mean, if you had some vegan sandwiches to go along with that and some good salad. Definitely. Uh, there's a good place in Philly called Blackbird, I think, and they, they've been vegan for, you know, before it was, you know, trendy and popular um, they do some pizza and vegan cheesesteak their vegan cheesesteak is pretty amazing uh, uh that place um is pretty inspiring 
And uh, although again, I don't have like, I just have a type two hood uh, with for my pizza oven, don't have any grilling or, uh, you know, don't have any like major kitchen equipment. So otherwise I would be, if I did, I would definitely be doing some vegan subs and vegan Philly cheesesteaks for sure. If I had the room, I'm still actually thinking about that as a concept uh, here uh, to do a, a vegan hoagie, um, hoagie and cheesesteak place because there's not really that many good, hardly any good vegan sandwiches here. Right. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of vegan sandwich places in Boston. Um, oh, really? Yeah, okay. there's quite a few. That's definitely a trend that's happening. But pizza places, no. Like that serve vegan pizza. I think, like I said before, I think a lot of people serve a vegan pizza, but it's not a vegan pizzeria, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, pizza's, you know, cheese is so important to pizza yeah. that it's like you don't have a good, like, substitute. We do our cashew cheese, which we're, which we're popular for, and we mix it with the sauce. It's kind of yeah. unique, and people love it. We've been doing that since for a really long time now. And then we have a, uh, a brand that's uh, the, um, the vegan shredded mozzarella that we have as an option for people who don't like want to eat nuts. And so I actually like the vegan shred on the white pizzas. Um, I'm not super crazy about it uh, with tomato sauce. I like our cashew cheese with the tomato sauce yep. better. Uh, but for a white pizza, I pretty I I really like the vegan cheese that uh, we get ours from BioLife. Uh, we use Follow Your Heart, which is also good. Um, there's a bunch of brands out there. I remember last Pizza Expo two years ago, there was like I counted five booths for vegan cheese. Five, uh, five different companies wow. out there doing um, vegan shredded mozzarella and different types of vegan cheeses. So. That was two years, you know, that was 2019. And that was, there was five of them there at the time. That's sort of like, I think when things really started to take off for the vegan uh, market and pizza market in general was like 2019. Yeah. You do a demo for the Pizza Expo, right? Yeah, I do the cashew cheese, teach people how to make it and, you know, demo the pizza. It's pretty simple. I, I did the 365 one. I did it on that. On that's actually on the video. If you go to Pizza Today, you can see how we make it. I remember. Uh, go ahead. I bet you that's going to be popular this time around because it's it's something that people are more aware of for sure. I bet your your demo is going to be uh, well attended for sure. I think so. I think that a lot of people are doing great vegan pizza now and mine's sort of plain Jane, but like at the same time, the plain Jane, you know, the cashew cheese with the sauce and just pepperoni with a little bit of garlic, salt and oregano and a little olive oil. Like that's kind of our signature pizza and it's pretty simple, but really tasty and fulfilling. I think the mistake sometimes people make with vegan pizza is they throw so much stuff on the pizza that the flavors don't really work yeah. or they're just sort of like, Oh, Hey, well to do a vegan pizza, you know, we got to put everything on it, you know? And it's sort of like, well, you don't really have to put everything on it. Um, you know, I found that people, I, I've tried all kinds of different uh, vegan pizza slices and stuff. And we end up not selling them because people are like, well, it's got mushrooms on it. Oh, well, I don't like mushrooms or <laughs> like, you know, it's too spicy or it's, 
it's a white pie. I don't eat white pies. You know, like I want tomato sauce on my pizza. So right. We just decided like, you know what? We do a cheese, regular cheese slice, a regular pepperoni slice, the vegan pepperoni with regular cheese. And we do a vegan cashew cheese pepperoni slice. That's it. Three, three slices every day. We don't, we used to do like different slices and stuff and they just, they weren't, they wouldn't sell as good as these three. People just want the regular. They want the cheese. They want the pepperoni. You know, they just want the, they want the simple slice. You know, they want to sometimes add topping, but I'm like, we're not going to add topping to slices. It's just screw up our kitchen, you know? Yeah. Um, so I know some places do that. If you have the, if, you know, if you have the capacity and the wherewithal to, you know, do slices with toppings on them. And then the toppings don't even cook on the, in the pizza because you throw them on after it's done. So it's sort of weird um, to, to put, um, you know, to sell. Uh, but, you know, I've experimented with different types of slices. And um, it's just the people like the regular, at least here in St. Louis. Maybe in California, it's different, you know. Um, so Yeah, you got to look at what market you're in and what your customer base is. Everywhere is going to be a little bit different. Not everywhere is going to be exactly the same. True. But you can never go wrong with a cheese slice no. or a pepperoni slice. I agree you know, 100%. Sort of I, always, I always, no matter what pizza shop I go into, I mean, unless there's certain anomalies that are, the, the what they sell is a specific gimmicky kind of pizza. But if you're a regular right. pizza shop, yeah, I always try the cheese or first and then maybe a pepperoni first and see how that goes. And if it goes good, then I'll maybe I'll give you a shot, try something else for sure. Yeah, the great thing is now there's so many suppliers of vegan products. When I started in 2014, I'm like, how am I going to get vegan pepperoni? Okay, so we actually made it uh, at my first place. We weren't doing high volume, and I had, a, I had a guy that was a vegan, and he had a great recipe, and we would make it from scratch. Wow. And then... Um, then it's sort of uh, when I opened Pizza Head, it was the volume was too much and I didn't have the room to make it. So I'm like, where am I going to supply? This is 2017. I'm like, how am I going to get pepperoni, vegan pepperoni? So um, what was it? Um, what was the brand? Uh, there was a brand in the supermarket. Um, I can't remember. Um, I'm blanking out on the brand. It's like a popular a brand and they had a pepperoni that they sold retail. Uh, and I somehow got contact with uh, the supermarket executive buyer who buys for um, light life. It was called light life pepperoni. Okay. And I got in contact with them. And so I, I basically told them, look, I'm going to be using this. Can you order me? you know, big orders of this and I'll pick it up at the supermarket. Schnooks is the super, one of the chains here. It's called Schnooks. So they would order a huge amount to keep it in their free, in their refrigerator form. So then I would go, have to go to the supermarket like every other day or, you know, a couple times a week and pick up these, these this pepperoni that was packaged retail. So <laughs> my guys had, my guys had to like, you know, rip open the boxes and all that stuff. And it was just, it was, it was a pain. And sometimes their machines would break down or pepperoni wasn't a big seller in the, in the retail market and the supermarket. So like their machines broke down 
they would just manufacture the products that sold. So some days, some months, I like there's times when I went a whole month without pepperoni. Now I could get the sausage because Field Roast at the time sold this sausage from Whole Foods. And that's where I was getting my sausage and they always had supply and they would order for me. So I didn't have a problem with the sausage. It's just like the pepperoni was so unique to have vegan pepperoni. Uh, that So then I met, uh, someone introduced me to um, the beehive, Ben, and uh, he was doing um, some What's the beehive? vegan meats and cheese. The beehive is in Nashville and they do vegan meats and cheeses. And they have a deli, they have a killer deli that's open for it four or five days a week. It's all vegan. And he, he's actually, I think he's nationally distributed now with his pepperoni. His pepperoni is killer. Is that what you use now? But so many, and oh, the beehive for the last, I think 2018, we connected with them and we've been using the beehive for the sausage and the pepperoni uh, and the one, one or two cheeses we get from him for our vegan margarita. And then uh, we use the Violife for our shredded uh, mozzarella. But there's so many options now that for whatever pepperoni, like field roasts, you know, different companies are doing pepperoni now. Uh, they're, they're later to the game than he was. Uh, but uh, just in the, this pizza expo, this coming up pizza expo, I think they, they did a uh, pizza today, did uh, some kind of sponsorship deal with a company and uh, um, they have a vegan they have some kind of a lot of a couple of vegan products that um, we're supposed to use, which is fine. I don't mind using new products, learning new products and stuff. But my point is, is that anyone that's out there right now listening and you don't have any vegan option right now at your pizza shop, like just reach out to your distributor because I get on like dot foods carries um, all the vegan products. Now you can easily get your uh, a vegan pepperoni. I do recommend the beehive just because, well, they they do a great product, and you know uh, Ben Ben's a solid dude, and he's you know he's uh, he he does, he just does a great product too, and uh, so I recommend them. But uh, there's other options out there if that that doesn't work, and definitely add add that if anything, add, if nothing else, add the pep, add the vegan pepperoni and you know a vegan shredded mozzarella, you know shredded mozz to your if you don't want to make your own vegan cheese which is you know i get it. it's not you know if you have a big kitchen and you can do it fine but if not you know just having that vegan cheese option and the vegan pepperoni option uh again i put this guarantee down there that you'll, you'll your business will increase let's say at least 15 percent, 15 to 20 percent. yeah i think there's going to be you're definitely going to have more questions about it moving forward so now's the time to get in on it and start to figure out what you're going to sell and start looking for products that are good because there's probably a lot of products out there. I'm sure not all of them are great, but you want to try to fit the best one in with your current recipe and like what you're doing now. There's always a, and there's a lot of opportunity to look out there for your, in your distributor. And like you said, there's going to be a lot more people who are entering the market with vegan options. So it's going to be time for you to do that for sure. Yeah. And, and, and there's, it's unbelievable the difference between like today and when I first opened, like when I first opened, there was nothing. Yeah. Zero except for like this light life pepperoni that I found at the supermarket. Yeah. You know, that was like, Oh wow. Here's a, 
it, it might not even have been vegan. It might have been vegetarian. I don't, I don't even know. But uh, it, 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 it's it, now is the, the definitely the time. You know, it's it's, it's just a no brainer for any pizza shop that's listening right now. That again, now again, if you're happy with the way your service is going and you're happy with your revenue, and you don't really need to cater to that, but at the same time, it's so easy to do. Why not? I think it's, you know what, not, even though you say that, I think that it's important to start looking because you're going to want to add a vegan option to your menu because a lot more people are going to start asking you. And you, what you don't want to do is you don't want to just add a vegan option that's bad because you can say you have a vegan option. You want to make it a good product. So start looking now. That's the best time to start is when you don't need it for when you do need it at some point in the future. Yeah, and, and another piece of advice is if anyone that's dead, on regular pizza and they want to do vegan pizza don't think you have to like add every single vegetable in your in your repertoire on the on on the pizza right. you know what I mean? <laughs> it's yeah. sort of like we do we do a bunch of different we do like a barbecue chicken sort of pizza it's kind of like a take on the california pizza kitchen one yeah. with red onion um we got our vegan chicken and we put ranch and barbecue sauce on it uh, we do, we actually do a chicken tikka masala pizza, but we get the tikka masala that's done by an Indian place that's all vegan here in St. Louis. And that pizza just kills. People love that. So we mix it with a cashew cheese. I mean, it is, it is probably our most interesting, cool pizza is this chicken, vegan chicken tikka masala pizza. And people love it. Uh, we do... I also have a vegan meat lovers pizza that, so if you add toppings, you know, it gets expensive. So I've added a few different special pizzas like vegan meat lovers yeah. sells like crazy. So it's like Ben's vegan, it's beehives, vegan sausage, pepperoni, and bacon. Okay. With your choice of, you can either choose the cashew cheese you can choose or the vegan shredded mozzarella, uh, two different choices. And, and people just buy that all day and night on, um, you know, they love it. So that's a, and that's a value for people because our vegan toppings are $4 each. So we, we do a price special on that pie. And then we do sort of an all veggie one. Um, then we do a margarita. Uh, you know, we do a regular cheese, obviously build your own. So build your own. We have a build your own option for vegan and cheese pizza and, and but build your own by and large crushes anything else so my experience is if you have pre-made style pizzas like what i was talking about or the build your own i would say 80 percent of our customers go build your own they're gonna want to build their own pizza that's interesting yeah i think that's and i make it expensive so they what? No, go ahead. I, th I th even like regular pizzerias. I bet you that's the, still the similar numbers for that. Yeah, kind of like classic old school. Like, okay, we have ten. We have basically ten old school toppings. Right. You know, we've got the green peppers, mushrooms, um, spinach, artichoke, um, sausage, pepperoni, bacon, chicken, uh, pineapple, and jalapenos, and. You know, just sticking like the classic pizzeria I grew up with in New Jersey. You know, so like just sticking to the old school, <laughs> old school toppings. Uh, but that works here. You know, I don't, I mean, I could, it's it, it sort of, it's familiar to customers. Uh, it's, 
Um, but anyway, I make it expensive to do a lot of toppings. So that way people keep the toppings limited and then the pizzas are better because when people put too many toppings, you know, on the pizza, it doesn't bake well. Right. And, uh, so, uh, yeah. So that's sort of like kind of, yeah, if you're going to order four or five toppings on a pizza at Pizza Head, yes, you're going to be paying a lot of money. Yeah, I'm listening. Uh, That's how it goes. I mean, you have to, you want to like uh, push them in a direction that you want to go, even though you want them to think they made the decision. Exactly. And and I am just, I'm obviously a less, of, less is more person. And then I take a, one or two toppings with, a, you know, certain flavor profiles, uh, you know, where it all works and it's not overwhelming and it's not underwhelming. I mean, a cheese slice, people eat cheese slice all day and night and talk about, you know, what flavors you got there. You got the tomato sauce, you got the cheese and you got the dough, you know, maybe some oregano. I mean, it's like, you know, it's so simple. I love it. And I love this conversation, Scott, where can people go say hello to you or if they have questions and they want to follow up with you after this is over, where should they go? Where's your favorite place to hang out? online uh, you know i use Insta- i use instagram um facebook here and there and twitter hardly ever uh, <laughs> it sounds like most people <laughs> well twitter is just not the not the best platform for a restaurant no uh but i know i know you've been talking about tiktok a lot and <clears throat> i don't know anything about tiktok because my daughter was into it for a little while she's not anymore yep. but she was doing some tiktok videos for a while and so I still don't kind of understand it. I, I, I'm not sure, uh, you know, I would be interested to hear more about what you're talking about with TikTok. You know, when I listen to different, you're, I know you've been talking about it. So I'm just kind of curious, uh, you know, not in this conversation, but maybe another one, you know, how, uh, how that, you know, is that, is that working? Are people using it? Is it like Instagram or is it sort of, you know, is it, is, you know, Instagram just seems, to be so instagram to make a long story short or pizza head stl gmail if anyone wants to email me or ask a question or but where they can hit me up on instagram because i control our instagram account and i'm pretty pretty responsive there yeah you are for sure you know what we'll talk about tiktok um you know maybe i'll do an episode about tiktok because i do think that tiktok is not for everybody but it is a great place for some people to create content um, and I know I can share some examples of people who are doing TikTok pretty well, but we'll talk about that on another. Yeah, podcast. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love the end of that. Dot com. Scott, don't hang up yet, but it was great talking to you on the podcast again. Awesome. Thanks again for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much to Scott for joining me on the podcast. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or iTunes or wherever you're listening to this show. Like I mentioned, we do put this video out on our YouTube channel, so go subscribe over there. Leave me a review if you would like, and if you need some help with your marketing or you have a question or a topic you'd like to have on the podcast, bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com is my email. That's the best place to get a hold of me. We've been also sending out our email newsletter every single week. We do a mixture of content that we've produced, plus I try to search through the internet and give you and combine all of the best information. What's relevant? What articles do you need to read? What information should you know about if you're running a restaurant or pizzeria or a local business? You can find that over at smartpizzamarketing.com if you want to go sign up for our email newsletter. No spam, no selling anything. It's just value-packed information. That's it. 
smartpizzamarketing.com for that. Otherwise, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.